This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, good morning, afternoon and evening. Welcome to episode 242 of the Stacey West podcast. I am back. It's Gary after a one episode hiatus. It seems like a long, long while, doesn't it? Joining me today is somebody who's also back from a possibly a three episode hiatus. Don't actually know. Can't remember. That's how memorable it is when I'm on the podcast with him. Mr. Beast and how are you? I am hurt. It was actually a week ago today that we last it recorded, was. I do believe, wasn't it? Um, but it yes, was. we were both kicked off for, for Ben and Chris on uh, Thursday, which was a really nice welcome return for Ben back onto the podcast. And yeah, it was quite mm. an enjoyable one. I got to sit in was and it? listen. Was it? Well, I, I I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah, I know how my dad feels now. Um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> It's just Ben talking about football. I may as well listen to Charlie do it. No. Nice to have him back and all that, et cetera, et cetera. Although no preview today um, because yeah. we're not going to preview Wolves under 21 because nobody cares about when we play kids. Uh, a word about my dad as well because obviously he um, he made a little cameo at the end of last Sunday, which I think went down <laughs> particularly well. Um, he won't listen to this, but happy birthday because this will be going out um, Sunday Last night, uh, we celebrated his 70th birthday at the Carpenter's Arms at Fiskerton with a meal, uh, but he's actually 70 on Tuesday. So, Happy um, birthday. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Not me. I don't know why I'm saying thank you to you. It's not my birthday, is it? <laughs> well, pass on my happy birthdayism then. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll pass on your birthday regards. So, um, yeah, 70 years, 70 years and he's listened to one podcast. Um, and he, he, he was actually slating it around the dinner table as well last night. <laughs> so that was um, nice. What a I lovely, it lovely thing. You, you, take, you take him out for a meal and he does that. Yeah, it was in the Ivy Club afterwards in Rugby. I put it on in the kitchen and it's just him talking. He goes, oh, I get enough of him talking. No, really do. I said, well, come on the podcast then. And why don't you tell him? He goes, I will come on, but I don't want to do it stood there while you're all laughing at me. And it's like, well... 
that's what Ben does, and he's all right. <laughs> I don't know why he's going to do it. I think that. he's more waiting to come on when you're not doing one of the pods because then he still doesn't have to listen to you. Then that's yeah, the idea. Yeah. I suppose so. I suppose we'll get him so, on one of the we... monthly shows with me and Chris. Yeah, because oh god, god, Jerry, he'd love talking about tactics and. <laughs> Things like that. I, I, I could, could just imagine. imagine I could just imagine him mumbling under his breath every time Chris starts moving things around on the tactics board. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with that is, like, it'll be so we'll sit there watching a the game and he'll go, "Who's that then? Which one? That big bloke <laughs> at the back playing for us? I don't know who half of them are anymore." <laughs> it'll be like that sentence is said by my dad every single week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a generational thing. I mean, you get so many new signings and mm. and like. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna border here on slightly controversial, <laughs> right? But you get a new signing, and it's Ethan Arahan, mm. and he's a distinctive character because of his. Yep. Uh, do you know what I mean? He, he, you know, Ethan Arahan. Mm-hmm. But when you get an Alex Mitchell and a, a and an Ethan uh, Hamilton mm. and a, do you know what I mean? And, and yep. it's just all, you know, I mean, it, it sounds so. It sounds almost kind of racist against white people, but. They all look the same. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's true, especially when you're sort of sat up in the in the stand trying to look at them all. It, yeah, they are very difficult to keep track of, and I do it all the time when when like we're trying to make notes for the podcast. Even you, you're having sometimes just literally to look at the shirt number on the back of a player to to note down who's made a stupid mistake because sometimes it isn't always possible. I think the one that because some sometimes and, and Chris Ray gets this in tunes. He sometimes messages me and go, we've signed a player, and he'll go, he's just so bland. There's nothing to there's nothing to pick up on to draw him. There's no yeah. defining features like um, no massive like, nose or anything. Exactly, Max yeah. Sanders. He always just say Max Sanders. It, it was like mm-hmm. trying to cartoon Magnolia. And I think um, I think Jack Burroughs is is kind of similar. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if it was yeah. me signing, it'd be, oh, look, he's, he's ginger, he's got a big nose, mm-hmm. he's got a, a beard. You could you could do something with that. Whereas all these, and I, this might sound a little bit gay, but yeah, all these kind of just like good-looking 20 to 25-year-old young lads come in and play football, they, they, you know, they, they roll off the tongue. They might be playing right back for us, Love Island or whatever. And yeah, it's all... Yeah. all Honestly, Island, all but... of these bloody pampered football players nowadays take us back to the old times. Yeah, Peter Beardsley's and you know the old Panini <laughs> sticker albums where yes. um like everybody it was, the players were 25 and they looked like your granddad. In fact, you know what? I did an article this week. Um one of our we'll talk about football in it honestly. So one of our clients um in my real job are mm. Prilla and Prilla sell um nicotine pouches, so the things yeah. that you put in your mouth like a snus type thing. So I, I did an article for a Crystal Palace website. And do you know that for two years, 1970 and 1971, I think it was, there was a Crystal Palace player who, and I shit you not, for the official photo in the FKS uh, sticker album, which was kind of the, the predecessor to Panini, posed with a fag. <laughs> His name was Peter Hoadley. Honestly, if you're, if you're, if you're there now and you what, don't... What's and, it- was he a goalkeeper? Because that just seems no. like a real goalkeeper kind of thing to do. No, he wasn't even no. a goalkeeper. Sorry, Chris. Like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Chris, somewhere Chris, I can Chris hear Chris's heart me breaking. As soon as he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it does sound like a goalkeeper thing to do. Yeah, I'm joking about yeah. it. Was the, the Sutton goalkeeper that at the pie or whatever? Oh yeah. Was... So this is an outfield player. Two years in a row. One year he's just kind of the headshot with a fag on, and the next time he's one knee on the ball with a fag down by his side. 
100% that first one was a dare by his teammates. They they decided they wanted him to do that. And then the second one, he just, he had to run with it at that point, wasn't he? He was like the, he was the guy with the fag in his mouth in the sticker albums that he had to do it for the second year, surely. There's, do you know what, actually, it's really funny. I don't know if anyone here is a, is a Panini sticker fan at all, um, but there's one of the albums, and I think it was the 1983 album, where there's actually players posing in slippers and stuff like that. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely crazy. It really is. Um, and I do wonder if in the second half of yesterday's game, one or two of our players uh, might have had their slippers on. We're going to have to talk about City and Peterborough. We're seven minutes in. Charlie's face. I know people do we can't have see to? it. And like, it do we have it to? is a blessing. We do have to talk about it. <laughs> but we you do. say my face is a blessing or the fact that people can't see it? Yeah, that people can't see it. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I, was so, um, I was I was really happy though. I thought I'd been given a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you get compliments, Charlie. You keep coming back on the podcast. If we didn't like you, you would we'd have binge you off. So the first thing that ha- like the first real thing on a Saturday is the team selection. And I want to make a point about team selection this week. Just a minor small point is team selection comes out. Lass isn't in it. And the question wasn't asked in the press conference. So I've made, you know, in, in my written point, I've kind of said, if a player's doubtful and nothing gets mentioned in the press conference, the likelihood is he ain't going to play. Now, I can understand to a degree because the club don't want to give the opposition a heads up. So if they know that we're not playing our regular right back, they might overload, they might do too. I, I kind of, I get that. I get the marginal gains, but it's becoming frustrating I think from a supporter's point of view and there isn't any way around that either is there no there isn't it's sorry the sirens <laughs> because Charlie's now in Nottingham so it's yeah. not a with call there isn't something kicking off here <laughs> in Lau it's Nottingham it's Charlie you're basically the only house for miles aren't you so <laughs> more or less <laughs> yeah um yeah look the team selection yesterday I, I was stood having a drink with Chris before the match and I basically just went on a rant saying I, I used to, when Mark Kennedy first came in, I used to really enjoy listening to his interviews because I thought it was purely because it was something different. It wasn't Appleton. It was it was just something like a little bit different. Now, I absolutely hate Kennedy, listening to Kennedy. Now, nothing personal. Wow. <laughs> nothing personal you're only the fact that it is the biggest waste of a 10 minutes every Thursday evening that I could possibly have they don't tell us anything anymore and it's really really frustrating I get really angry about it now um, it's like it's one of those like irrational things that you shouldn't get as annoyed about as you do but I, for some reason I do it just really really winds me up um, because yeah you're, you're waiting for news you're expecting news last time I said I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting to see Lass in the squad at all yesterday. I kind of resigned myself to the fact that he'll be out. Obviously, we didn't, even post-match, uh, Lass's condition wasn't mentioned either. So we've got no idea, again, how long he's going to be out for. Now, I don't think this is any kind of conspiracy, the club trying to be secretive of, towards the fans or anything like this. It's exactly like you said, guys. It's They just don't want your opposition to know. And I get that. I understand that. But it really annoys me as a fan, as I know it does everyone else. Yeah, I think also um, just uh, two things. So first of all, actually, somebody um, I know, um, I won't name him because it wouldn't be fair, uh, sent me a WhatsApp this morning, said, uh, I've just spoken to Sorensen. He's feeling okay now. He needs clearance to train tomorrow and should be back on Saturday. Okay. So, but whether that, yeah, whether I'm in trouble for putting that out there, I don't know. I, I, I absolutely get it. 
because football's all about marginal games. Mm. Football changed a lot whilst we were out of the Football League. Um, so 2010, 11, Peter Jackson, all that, it was very transparent. When we came back into the Football League under Dan and Nick, it was all marginal games. It was little bits of this, little bits of that. And not everybody was on board. Now it feels he's like kind of you know, most teams are on board. So I understand yeah. it. And we've got a manager here who played Premier League football, who fell foul of the media as a younger man. You know, who's kind of I think has had issues at times with the media when he was a when he was a player, and he's very media savvy. He's been trained, you yeah. know, and the, what the club wish to put out is very very different now to what you probably used to get put out 10, 15 years ago. So I absolutely buy it, and and but it does it kind of makes I listen to every press conference like you. Yep. And you always know what you're going to get. You're going to get, Mark is going to tell us to be respect. You know, we're respectful of the opposition. They've got some good players. We've done this. We've done that. And yeah. And, and, and you know, the fact is it's nowadays we're not having a newspaper and with them being instantly accessible online as well, you've got to be really careful. It's not like the old days where you used to go in and it was just a couple of journalists and the journalists used to put a spin on things. And if, if the opposition wanted to know, they had to go and buy your local paper. So it's very, very different. But at the end of the day, team selection comes through. No less Sorensen, a little bit of a shuffle around. I wasn't too disheartened with the team, even though we'd missed last. And actually, the team that Mark Kennedy put out in the first half, I thought put in a really good display, um, worthy of leading at halftime, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I think, first of all, obviously Rowan at left wing back, it kind of made me scratch my head a little bit I, and I understand exactly why we did it if this if we were playing Cheltenham at home and Lass Sorensen wasn't available chances are Jaden Brown starts in that position or TJ yeah. starts on the right side something like that but away at Peterborough to have Rowan as a more defensive minded left wing back it's fine it is what it is there wasn't really too much to discuss there um, yeah first half First half, we did play really, really well. We were so much more positive than what I was expecting us to be, especially yeah. with the lineup. You know, I've already said Rowan going in at left wing back is a bit of a defensive move, a bit of a might be seen as negative. I don't necessarily agree, but something might call it quite a negative move. But that's not the, how the game played. I felt we were really, really good. We were running at certain opportunities. Um, yeah. Or well, they actually had the first couple of chances of the game, though, really. Yeah. And the best couple of chances early on. I mean, Kipriano. So, for, for those that kind of remember, it was somebody running down the right-hand wing. I can't exactly remember who. Unfortunately, they beat Rowan. No, no, sorry. They were running down the left-hand side. Crossed it in to the back post. And Rowan, unfortunately, got beat at the back post. Actually quite disappointing. I thought he should have done considerably better there. And then the ball ended up kind of ricocheting in the box up onto the head of Kipriano. Kiprianu then had the chance to head it into the back of the net. He had basically an open goal and he scuffed it wide. How he didn't score, I will never know. And then immediately, well, not immediately, but pretty soon after, Clark Harris had a great chance as well. They played the ball through the thirds, something again, which I felt they did really positively. I don't think we were incredible in that phase of play either. Again, I just didn't quite see that much urgency to come back and defend because we know how strong Johnson Clark Harris is. And we kind of let him get through and have that opportunity. I think that was more us lacklustre defending just as much as it was them being good at attacking in the attacking phase there. And again, they missed the opportunity. So actually, in the first kind of 20 minutes, they probably could have gone one, two up. But then Mandroyu, 
Manjuri obviously had the chance. So, so unlucky not to score. Um, obviously, he hit the crossbar. Some brilliant, brilliant pressing to get the ball from the midfield. Um, some, you know, the sort of thing that we really praise this team for a lot. And it was a really nice ball from, from Ethan Hamilton. Again, somebody who I thought, even though the whole team weren't exactly amazing yesterday or in a full 90-minute setting, I thought he again did really well. Um, Can I again, pick you up? Because I, I want to go. You, you, you're kind of taking the whole first half here and not stopping. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <all. laughs> um, I don't think Kipriano's chance was as good as people make out. Okay. It was a decent header, but mm-hmm. um, it was a decent opportunity. But... There was no pace on the ball, so he was going to have to try and get some additional pace if he was going to get it on target. I mean, I've literally just watched it back as we, we're talking here, and it's, you know, Boris gets done, fair play, he does. and But um, I think there's some confusion, like you say, Rowan's too far forward. Yeah. Kip, Kipianu, he is, he, I don't know, he's, 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 what, eight, ten yards out? It is a free header, but oh, I don't, it, it, for me, that's not the chance that everybody makes out that it is. It honestly isn't. I think um, I think Jensen's got it covered. And as for Clark Harris, honestly, I thought he was bang average for a player that Bristol yeah. Rovers were going to sign for three quarters of a million. Um, I really do. And and you're quite right. Do you know what? They were the first two chances, and they had nothing for me really after that. I think they they had a shot on target. Uh, that was Clark Harris, and they had three shots off target. Whereas we had that that crazy little spell where. I, I, Danny Mandroy is going to get criticised, I think, a little bit later on in this podcast, potentially. I don't know. I can see by the look on your face, that's possible. Um, I thought he had a good first half. I thought he showed an exquisite touch to create that opportunity. Uh, and it absolutely 100% should have been 1-0. Um, but you know, for an inch, I don't think he can do anything different. For me, I, I think Chris had this discussion about, is, a, is hitting the bar a shot on target? No, because it's not... <laughs> on the goal. I've got yeah. a real issue and I'll pick it up again when we, I'll let you speak in a second. I've got a real issue with the fact it says we had no shots on target in the first half. A real issue with that. Because if you watch, um, there's Mandroyu's effort. Yeah. And then the two shots after that are yeah. on target. They're blocked, but they're on target. Well, So where does a shot on the... My question is, where does a shot... On target. When does it become on target? Because if you put a shot at goal and a player clears it off the line, it's a shot on target. But if you put a shot at goal and he clears it on the six-yard box, it's not a shot on target. It's a blocked shot. What's the difference? Correct me if I'm wrong, but this whole blocked shots thing instead of them being shots on target is something that's only kind of a recent thing anyway, isn't it? Because I always thought no, I they were were classed as shots on target. So I'm kind of the same as you. Now that I've think about it why aren't they both shots on target i mean the hakeem one was kind of into the ground obviously the defender say uh, goalkeeper saved it but it was kind of into the ground anyway but then the hackett one the hackett one was clear as day on target straight into the center of the goal if the defender wasn't there to block it <sighs> but yeah mandroyu yeah. obviously crossbar so close so unlucky now I guess kind of I'll throw the question over to, to you on this one, guys. Could Hackett have done better with the second opportunity? Because I think he could have taken it just that little bit earlier. The second opportunity we talked about, the one the, where he the, was. Well, the third the one after 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 Hakeem, after oh, the, yeah. Hakeem's header. Yeah, look, but the thing is, we can get caught up on analysing yeah. each of the individual moments. I thought Rico Hackett had a superb first half. Mm. And I know Keith you did the preview with message me halfway through and said, my dad's just yeah. messaged me and said, what a player that Rico Hackett is. Mm. 
So, but he did, yeah. But he, he he was reticent to take a shot. I think having had the one blocked, he's then waltzed into the area four minutes later and has kind of mm. he struggled with it. Sean Rowan's header is the one that Mark Kennedy picked up on. And, and look, here we are. We're, we're eighteen minutes in. We're in talking about the first half. We've talked about with respect, chance after chance after chance. And we haven't spoken about Adam Jackson's free header from the corner just before the Danny Manjoyu effort. And we have, yeah, we're only just talking now about Sean Rowan. That spell from 30 minutes to 40 to 45 minutes, yeah. arguably, shoot me down, I'm happy, arguably the best 15 minutes I've seen from a Lincoln City side in terms of attacking intent this season. And that includes the games that we won 3-0 at home. Um... Clear cut chances. The, uh, the, I would argue that the last sort of what what, what would we say 15, 20 minutes against fifteen minutes. Okay, I'd say the fifteen minutes at home to Wickham, where we had the three goals, we had a disallowed goal. Uh, that was a constant barrage. I, I'd argue that that was better, but I am also like willing to agree that this one is definitely up there. And I don't think it's an outrageous sort of uh, an opinion. <sighs> I think we were we were really really good because what we did was we pinned Peterborough back in the sense that we were having a barrage of chances, a barrage of opportunities away at Peterborough United. It's not something that we expected going into the game. It's something that we really enjoyed whilst it was happening. It's something that now we're looking back on and sort of thinking, God, why didn't we just score? If anything, half time came at the wrong time for us. I think that's kind of the the ultimate sort of leveller, wasn't it? Those 15 minutes, like 15 minutes of half time. Unfortunately, sometimes a half time break can go for you. And yesterday it just didn't. No, I mean that's you know, we've got a little list here of what we talk about on the side of our screen to give people a people a peek behind the curtain. And first and second half are two really distinct um differences. Mm-hmm. I could argue that the early goal in the second half probably then set the tone for the rest of the second half. And maybe if they don't get that goal, maybe things might have been different because let's face it, we only really came into the first half as an attacking force for the final mm-hmm. 15 minutes. We didn't have an awful lot um, before that. I think before the before the kind of the Jackson header, et cetera, et cetera, we'd had probably three or four shots and they'd all been wild lashes you know, into the into yeah. the skies. I think what we do is we look to soak, we look to kind of soak up pressure. We look to then change things in the second half as we showed at Shrewsbury, as we showed against Wickham at home. And we, we had the options on the bench with the likes of Shadipo, who we'll talk about later, coming in as well. So I, I think probably them scoring, sounds stupid, I know, you know idiot clacks and alert, but them scoring was the worst thing that could happen at that right at that time. Because yes. I just, yeah, if we just kept it tight 10, 15 minutes, I genuinely, genuinely believe that our heads wouldn't have dropped. I just felt as soon as their goal went in, it just... I, 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 do you know what? I haven't seen, I can't recall, two halves of football. That distinctly <laughs> different since the last time we were at London Road and drew 3-3 when we were 3-0 up at half-time. And the thing is, they didn't actually get that much better in the second half. Mm-hmm. I think they were a little bit a little bit more sort of clinical in the final third, sure, but they weren't that much better overall across the pitch. We gave them that second half yesterday. When they, like you say, when they got the goal, suddenly all of our heads dropped. That was plainly obvious. Like stood in the stands, it was. I don't want to say that it felt like game over because that's really. Well, as soon as the goal went in. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't right. quite. I wouldn't quite say that. But what I would oh, say right. is, I felt like I would be 
surprised to see us get anything from that then. And I, I'd have said that before the game, you know, if we'd have gone 1-0 down, we'd have had an absolute mountain to climb and our chance of getting a result out of the game goes from 50%, it wasn't 50%, but let's say it was 50%, it goes right down to 10%. Unfortunately, they got the goal through their substitute man. And like I say, we... A substitute we man. Their substitute mm-hmm. man. Is that is that the official terminology? Yeah. <laughs> Hell, Ben! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh my lord! They're substitute man. Well, wow, okay, they're subbed on player. Is that? <laughs> we sound like we're breaking it down now for the for the five year olds amongst us. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, need... I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether Ben was going to be listening. <laughs> I actually thought he did really well when he came on. He was the boy that was at Sutton, yes. wasn't he? And I'm, I'm going to have a go at pronouncing his name. And it's, it, it, it really is it. David Addy, um, Addy Boy, Addy Boy. That's uh, why I said substitute man. <laughs> Addy Boy and um, Mason Clark. And that, that was the difference in the second half. They were getting on the ball and they were attacking us. Um, yeah. So let, look, let's let, let's speed this process up a bit because we're labouring quite a lot on the, on a really poor result. Um, and it was a poor result. Even though if you'd said at the beginning of the season, oh, you'll lose 2-0 at Peterborough, we'd all have gone, oh, yeah. Um, but actually, that's poor Peterborough side. No doubt at all. And mm-hmm. um, the second goal, or the first goal, rather, Mark Kennedy said in his post-match interview, bad decision-making. Is that bad decision-making Danny Mandroyu's pass? Uh, what pass? It wasn't the pass. He was dispossessed, wasn't he? Was Did he knock it too far forward? Right, because it looked I, like... I, he was... I, I don't think he was making a pass. I think that was more him running and lost control of the ball. Okay. But that, so that's, how, that's, how I, that's how I saw it, but it can, you know, if you think it could be perceived the other way, that's, you know, I, yeah, that's how I very much saw it. But either way, he could have, could and should have released the ball earlier. Um, but what frustrated me more wasn't the fact that he lost the ball. It was his reaction after losing the ball. You don't... Yeah, he just he, tops his shoulders. It looked like he was trying to call to the lino for something. I, I, not like there was any kind of foul in there. I don't really know what on earth his reaction was that then just made him stand there and go, oh, well, never mind, and just stop. See, that's my point where I just said about Danny Mandroyu's pass. Because obviously mm. I, I was watching it on... The I follow, the I follow. I sound like somebody's grandma, doesn't it? I was watching it on that internet, um, and it actually looked like he was going on the on the I follow to a winger. Why weren't you coming further forward? And it's only when you kind of when you're chatting to somebody who was there and go, "Well, he was doing it to the linesman." There was no player there, and at that yeah. point, yeah. And look, I'm not somebody that's going to because Danny Mandro got criticism at Shrewsbury for not applauding supporters when he came on yes and i think there is a false narrative building up around danny mandroyu that he is um that there's an attitude issue there and i don't believe that there is i think he was frustrated about i think he's a sublime footballer who's got a lot of um so many positives Mm. but i do think that the goal was his fault in that respect and and let's not forget one week ago joey barton called out one of his players and called luke thomas i don't know if you've, you've seen that Luke yeah, Thomas yeah. gave the ball away in a similar situation and Barton's absolutely annihilated him. Respect to Mark Kennedy for just saying poor decisions of Costas. Mm-hmm. But he still lost the ball 
in the attacking half. I don't know why I'm sat here pointing through to my kitchen and leaning off <laughs> to try and show you where he's lost the ball. He's lost the ball right up the pitch. They still sweep up the pitch really well, and it's a cracker. Yes. Finish. Well, the thing is, is Tuesday night, Sean Rowan unfortunately made a mistake that allowed a late and Orient goal. Players at this level are going to make mistakes. That that happens. It's about how we then bounce back from it. It was something I, I put in our group chat earlier. Yesterday's result didn't actually bother me too much. It didn't phase me too much. We've lost three games, and that's to Peterborough United, Portsmouth and Bolton, all away from home. The results there don't matter. Don't bother me too much, as long as we can then sort of get the performances and get the results in the following matches to show that we've learned from this. If Danny Mandroyu does that again, and there becomes a reoccurring theme of errors costing us games constantly, then that's where we have to start ha- having discussions about you know, have we got the right players to move us forward? Have we got the right coaching staff to move us forward? Then there's that discussion to have. But at the minute, one mistake does not warrant a barrage of abuse towards a player stating that he's not good enough, get him out of the club and all of this, which were all comments that I heard yesterday. And that, to me, is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So look, let's let's try and move on a little bit. Hakiba Delican. I've got to address this situation um, because... The Hacks story is one that we all absolutely loved. And, and everybody loves an underdog. Football fans love an underdog. And Hacks, nowhere near the team. We know he came in, he did a decent job. Um, I think yesterday was the starkest reminder of the fact that not only is a winger playing up front, but he's a winger who was not good enough to get into the Gillingham side last season playing up front. He actually had a great opportunity to level for us. And that opportunity in terms of XG, and people can go, it's XG, Uh, Gary, talk shit, whatever, I don't care. In terms of XG, the chance that Hakiba Delican had in the second half was a better chance than either of the Peterborough United chances. And it was Mm. just a... He could even have put his foot on it and tried to pull it back to Rico or something like that. Look... Hacks is a great guy. I like Hacks. Um, I picked up the other day at home that he played it simple. Every time it came to him, he just passed it the way he's facing. Um, I thought he was ineffective, and I thought he should should have come off earlier. And I think I think yesterday's performance was reflective of a man who knows that somebody's just been signed sitting on the bench who is going to be taking his place next Saturday. You see that comment that you made on sort of him being quite simplistic in how he was playing. I very much agreed with it. But the thing is, is doing that when you're first coming into a team or coming back into a team like he's been is absolutely fine. You want to get your get yourself settled in, get yourself a few games where you're really getting on the same wavelength as everybody else in the team. That's absolutely fine. But at some point, you have to then improve. There's, you know, there's no yeah. denying that. Like I say, if you want to do that because you're not quite on the same wavelength, you've not had a preseason and all of this, that's fine. But soon enough, you have to be at that same level. Hakeem, unfortunately, hasn't hasn't got there and he doesn't look like he's improving. It looks like he's doing the same thing week in, week out. Obviously, he's going to have good games, he's going to have bad games, but I don't see enough of him improving to see him warranting minutes over somebody now like Emilio Shadipo. It was never going to happen. And I don't no. that. I don't want to be harsh. It sounds so cruel to be saying, um, that, you know, the Hacks experiment has ended. He's, he's, he's fulfilled a role within the club. In my opinion, um, a short for a short period, we've now brought Shadipo in, who I think is a better player. And we're going to come on to Midi in a minute, so we'll, we'll we'll cover that and what that means for the club and what it looks like. But I just think 
yesterday was probably a, a reflection of why playing three five two with Mandroyu and Rico up top mm. would have been a better option. And I just thought the longer the second half went on, it just became more and more apparent. I feel for Hacks. I really hope that when January comes, he finds a club and he goes somewhere like Sutton United, where you know he's going to be mm -hmm. a big fish in that kind of pond and he can reignite his career. I really hope so. I really do. But I genuinely don't think we'll see him starting as a striker in a football league game for Lincoln again. And he's not a striker. Again, that, no. do you know what I mean? You're you're no. you're quite right saying he doesn't look like he's going to improve. He's not because he's he's a winger playing as a striker. Mm. It's almost like when Keith Alexander used to put Jamie McCoom up front, and you know if he put him up front for five games, and then we've gone, well, he's not really getting any better, is he? Well, no, of course he's not because he's not a striker. Mm. And and that kind of takes us back thirty minutes to that whole thing where we haven't got any strikers. Um, anyway, ding ding well, ding. Do you, ding. More to, do you have anything more to say about Peterborough before we go to an ad break? I do actually. I just have one point, and you've kind of already alluded to it in the fact, and it, it sort of stems into the whole Hakeem Delicate conversation. You said the longer the game went on, the less likely he was ever to do something, you know, and the worse it looked. Now, I am all for, and I, I do it so much. I praise Mark Kennedy when he makes substitutions, when he makes tactical changes. We've we've done it in games this season that have so far won us games. Yesterday, I felt he waited far, far too long to be making substitutions. There was a couple of moments, um, literally right down in front of the away end. I remember one vividly with Hakeem Delicum. He picked up the ball, he lost it, and he just looked knackered. And there was no chance of him then trying to win the ball back. There was no kind of press. The guy was literally stood, the defender was stood right next to him, still with the ball at his feet, looking around for the pass. And the keeper's kind of just stood there blowing. Now, it happens, players get tired during games and all of that. But for me, subs, they were made in the 67th minute. I felt it should have been considerably earlier. I think that game was crying out for a Ted Bishop because I think a driving run through, through the middle by Ted Bishop would have been absolutely perfect for the game yesterday. And obviously me and HD, we don't know how many minutes he would have been fit for. Um, so we don't know whether he could have played any more than the, what, 23 uh, plus stoppage time that he actually played. But I just feel like we should have made the changes so much earlier. And also, I feel like we should have made a shape change yesterday to the 3-5-2. Because Ted Bishop came on, Mideshi Depot came on, and we still went with a 3-4-3 with Bishop out wide. I just, like I say, I'm all for praising Mark Kennedy when he gets it right. But it would also be remiss of us to not criticise him when he goes wrong. Do you think that the fact we didn't change shape was, and bear in mind, I just said that I would like to have seen it, but was more due to the fact that they'd got um, uh, Adjaboy and Mason Clark causing absolute mm. destruction and therefore having the two wide forwards meant that the two wide fullbacks were, were able to kind of deal with that rather than have the attacking intent? If that was the idea, maybe, but I don't think that the wide forwards were really helping the wide wing backs anyway. So I don't but actually that's, think that that's was... not that's not the manager's oh, I, fault yeah. if that's what they're meant no, 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 to do. Not at play. All. It's the individual players. So I get what I get what you're saying. I just feel like if we'd have gone to the three five two we'd have maybe been a bit more solid in the fact that then they wouldn't have had so much space. And I know that obviously they they would have still been able to try to get down the, the wings 
but it also means that you've got the likes of Ethan Aaron and Ethan Hamilton, or, or well, more than likely it would have been Ethan Hamilton on the left, Ted Bishop on the right, to then be able to cover the wing-backs when needed and cover those half-spaces, rather than having the wide forwards have to track back when actually they they weren't. I mean, especially when we, especially when we still needed a goal. I, I, I still think ultimately, you know, in the first half, we proved that we were good enough in the in the three four three or the five four one, whatever you want to put it, mm. to win the game. And it's disappointing that actually in the second half we've done nothing really different in terms of lineup. Yeah. And that's what Mark Kennedy would have been thinking on the, the bench. Well, if we did that in the first half, why can't we do it in the second half? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, there wasn't yeah. a major shape change from from Peterborough. It was only a personnel change. Anyway, should we go to an ad break and write a, put a big, big line underneath Peterborough United? Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, here's somebody trying to sell you something that you don't really want. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Wonderful. Thank you, advertising people. Remember, the income from the advertising allowed us to sponsor Ethan Aran's Away Kit. Uh, the white one, not the one that looks like somebody's been sick on it after drinking a Cherry J2O. Uh, so let's move on now to some of the news from the week. Uh, and there's only really one big story from the week, and that's the transfer of Midi Shadipo. So on Friday... Um, I was absolutely gobsmacked. So I've, I've just about wrapped up for the day and I've got a message from Luke at the football club, the media team. And it's literally just a picture of Midi Shadipo with one word from the Shadipo song underneath it. And do you know what? I'm like, I'm messaging him back with like, that's Midi Shadipo. He's like announced at six, embargo until six. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just another example of us having a really firmly held belief here on the Stacey West podcast and being completely wrong, yeah. um, which seems to happen all the time. Fleetwood as promotion candidates, Midi Shadipo signing a free agent, Hakeba Delican not playing a game again. Absolute firmly held belief that there is no chance whatsoever we score six against Burton Albion at home next week. So I want you to double down on that. Not going to happen. Um, Definitely not. Now, I'll give... I'll give some thoughts first, if I may, Charlie, because I'm actually a, I'm a Midi Shadipo fan. I really like the lad. 
I think he's tricky. I think he's quick. I think he's good on the ball. I think he's willing to have a shot from distance. I think he's very much like a Rico Hackett on the other side. You know, there's elements and differences between them, but I think in terms of profile of player, and I think when you look at Peterborough yesterday with um, with with their two wide men, Adjiboy and, and Poku went off, and Mason Clark Harris, that was that was their main threat. Now, okay, so we we need a number nine. There ain't number nines on the free agent list. And all the experts out there saying, well, Mark Kennedy should be knocking on the door for a number nine. You can't make one. <clears throat> They're not there. The best number nine on the list is Gary Medine, and he's injured. Gary Medine would be brilliant. Yeah, superb. Get him in, but he's injured. What's the point? We've, you know, we've already signed an injured player. So what we've done, and uh, you know, to explain it and break it down to people who probably can't understand it, we've signed Midi Shadipo so that we can still play the 3-4-3 or the 5-4-1, whatever you want to call it. But we can shift Rico Hackett onto the inside if we need to, play Mandroyu and Shadipo, and then you still have the options later in the game to start making changes. For instance, bringing on Dylan Duffy, etc. That's why I think that we've signed Shadipo. It's another body. It's an attacking body. It's a player that we know well. It's a player that knows the squad well, knows the system well. He's playing for a contract, just like Hacks has been doing. But I think that Shadipo is just at a slightly better level. You know, we're not sick of Panticon here. You've already heard Charlie twice say that Mark Kennedy's wrong about something. If Mark, Mark, if you're listening, it was Charlie who said it, not me. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm not just saying this. I think it's a great sign. I think it's a really good thing for the football club to bring Midi back in. I 100% agree. Um, I think when you sign a player outside of the transfer window, there are obviously a few questions that you have to ask. Obviously, first of all, is, is the player needed? You know, At the minute, we need a body up front. We know that or up in the attacking third of the pitch. We know that. The other question is, would you have been happy with this signing if this was made during the transfer window and it was one of our summer signings? For me, 100% yes. We spoke at length on the State West podcast about all different types of uh, players and free agents that we might sign, and Mideshi Depot almost always came up as a player that we'd happily re-sign. And I, I, I'm really happy, ultimately, with this signing. Um, I very much wanted another winger to come in on deadline day. It was basically the only position that I wanted us to, to sign and, and potentially a another wing back, but that wasn't really necessary. But a winger was definitely one that I wanted us to bring in so that we weren't having to rely on House or Bishop to play out wide. Now, we didn't do it then. We brought in Jack Vell instead, another striker, and obviously we know how that went, so I won't repeat what Gary's been saying for the past three weeks. Um but ultimately, this is a brilliant signing. This is somebody that I'd have taken on deadline day. This is somebody I'm really happy with now. The fact that he then came straight into the squad yesterday, there's obviously some kind of a level of match fitness in there. Um, maybe he's not quite eligible to play a full 90, able to play a full 90 yet. He might be able to or play a good amount of minutes on Tuesday night. We'll have to see. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about our team selection later on. But... Yeah, I'm really, really happy. I'm a big Mido Shadipo fan, just like yourself. He is a really, really good winger. The thing I have that kind of disagrees with what you said, Gary, was obviously it allows us to play the 3-4-3, as you've said. But for me, I would actually now, because we've got Mido Shadipo in, be putting Danny Mandroyo up top. Now, the reason I'm saying that is Mido Shadipo is a right-footed player. And I, I had to check this yesterday. Mido Shadipo is right-footed. Rico Hackett being left-footed. Do we want the right footer on the left and left footer on the right as we've been playing for as much of this season to then have Danny Mandroyo up top so that we're still able to have that same kind of system that we've been playing all, all season? I think uh, Rico Hackett is a more natural centre-forward mm -hmm. 
Danny Mandroyu, which is why I've gone for Rico. I think he's a little bit better in the air, um, a little bit taller, and I think that we tend to want to come out of defence quite quickly, we want to transition quite quickly, and often that you know, that's a posh way of saying we smack it long when we can. And I think that we're more likely to win headers through Rico Hackett than we are Danny Mandroyu. The beauty of it is it gives us some options. Mm. Um, and if we're discussing this, it's something that you know that the people who are paid to do this, Danny Butterfield, Mark Hendy, Scott Fry are all going to be sat there. They're going to know the, you know the different permutations as well. So I think it's a positive. Um, the other positive, or it sounds like it might be a positive, and at the moment, as we've already covered, you have to read between the lines of a press conference rather than actually mm. what's being said. But it sounds like a positive for me around Jack Vale because Michael Horton asked about Jack Vale in the post-match interview and Mark mm-hmm. Kennedy said, can you ask me on Monday for a start? He's brilliant at procrastinating and pushing yeah. a question back. I love that, bouncing it back. And he's got an idea of when he thinks Jack Vale might be with us. That suggests to me that it isn't as far down the line as we expect. Um mm. So, and again, I don't think he's going to come straight back in, but just to get another body or two back, I think that that... If it's closing in on being reality, it, it, it's it's just another positive. Either that, or it's too far away, and they don't want to pile on the bad news after a loss, and he wants to keep it till Monday, just to just to kind of play the devil's advocate and the slightly more pessimistic when it comes to our current striker situation. Um, there is the chance of that. If Jack Vale comes in soon, then suddenly. I, I was stood having a drink at the bar in Peterborough yesterday and everybody around me was talking about free agent strikers. Why aren't we signing a free agent striker? You know, we, you've already mentioned the reasons why. But if we, if Jack Vale was to come back soon, it just quietens and hushes that conversation for a bit. Not even a conversation that you can have. No, it isn't. Because I've done, I've done the free agent strikers list mm-hmm. and there isn't anybody on it. You're, and, and the only ones that you're realistically going to get who might come in and say, I'll play for, for six months, etc., cetera, are, are players that haven't made the grade at like Northampton Town in League Two. And somebody said, oh, well, it's better to have somebody than nobody. Is it? Is it better to have the, the winger, Hakiba Delican, who, who you know, yesterday did look like that? Is it really better to have that? Or is it not better to try and make the players that are slightly effective? But yeah, I find it quite annoying and I find it quite short-sighted. And I think it's a football manager generation where you go, there will be somebody out there. I'm playing football manager 22 at the minute. The Lincoln board, the players want me to sign a striker. I can't sign one. And it's the bloody transfer window and nobody wants to sign for me. It's not that easy. So, yeah, I I just think, I think when it comes to to Jack Vale, I just think it'd be brilliant just to get him in and, and, Mm. you know, and the problem you've got, we, we took a risk signing him injured and then the risk backfired. All the risks yeah. that the club have taken in terms of the transfers have backfired. Had they not all backfired, had the other the other thing happened and they'd all gone, well, we'd be sitting here now with Tyler Walker, Ben House, Jack Vale. How the hell do you get them all in and play? Yeah. The fundamental point is, and I'm going back to Peter a little bit here, that we didn't lose yesterday's game because we don't have a centre-forward. We lost yesterday's game because we were guffing the second half. And that wasn't about having a centre-forward. It was about making Mm. bad decisions in key areas. So that's slightly more concerning. Here's a question that I'm happy to answer, but I'll put it over to you first. Why don't we give Joven a run at number nine? Uh, Because he's not good enough. (laughs) <laughs> ah, I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'll rewind you a little bit on that, Charlie, because that's okay. very, very harsh. It is. I think the better answer would have been, he's not ready. Yes. Joven is not ready to be our number nine, I don't feel. Not yet. Um, look, he he is a 
player. He would be a brilliant outball for us, but that is really where the sort of limits of his attributes stretch as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, if Jovan is going to be a League One striker, he's got a lot of football that he needs to play. We're talking here about a player that couldn't get in the National League North side 12 months ago in Brackley. At Brackley. And I think he... Jovan has a lot of potential and a lot of attributes that suggest that further down the line he could be a, a, a player, but not right now. And I think that's probably why we signed Jack Vale on deadline day and that we think, well, we've got an, up, an upgrade here potentially on Jovan. So, yeah, it would be nice if Jovan could get a loan spell at a National League team and get some football. On that, is it telling that he wasn't in the squad at all yesterday? I know neither... Yeah. You know, Ocean Gallagher wasn't either, but the fact that we don't have an out-and-out number nine and Joven wasn't even on the bench, I would assume that the sort of 10-day window to try and get him out for a loan, which we were talking about two months ago now, it seems, but I think we're now trying to push for that loan move out now. Yeah, possibly. The thing is that it'd be a PR disaster for the club if we loan Joven out this week and we don't have any of our own strikers. It'd be a PR disaster. The club... the, the, the it, it, because people would go, why aren't we giving they just him a won't, chance? They just won't announce it. <laughs> well, yeah, like when we signed Archie Mayer and it was somebody noticed mm. that he'd been registered on the FA site. Somebody messaged, <laughs> whether it was online, somebody said, oh, Archie Mayer. And I remember contacting Liam and he's like, well spotted. Um, I'll give you the exclusive. So, so look, John Vern loaned out, Jay Ben, Charlie Kendall. These are all players that are loaned out in the National League. One quirk of loans in the National League is that they can come into the squad and be recalled for games in the EFL Trophy. The EFL Trophy game on Tuesday night against Wolves under-21s will be our eighth game in something like 24 days, I think. Um, so we're playing every three or four days at the moment. It's hugely draining on the squad, that, I think, is going to be reflected um, in, in the team. We don't have a preview from, from another fan because the, you know very few Wolves fans watch their under-21 side. So I think the first thing we're going to need to talk about is potential team selection for Wolves under-21s. I think we're likely to see Mide Shadipo start. Mm -hmm. I think we're likely to see Hakiba Delican start because I think we're unlikely to see him start next Saturday. Um, we're likely to see Ali Smith play. Any other faces that you think we... I mean, Jaden Brown is likely to start. Jordan Wright. So if it was me, I'd probably even think about playing like a 3-5-2 and recalling Joven McCart uh, Charlie Kendall as well and having him up top next to, let's say, Joven. Um, I know you said that you think Shadipo might start. I'm not 100% sure whether he'll, he's going to be ready for a start. I know it's sort of slightly lower paced and all of that in these games. Uh, but that's obviously, if there is the question mark, I would genuinely consider having Joven and Kendall as the starting two. Jaden Brown, Alison Smith, as you've already said. Now, Jay Ben, I'm assuming is injured because he's not been in a Solihull squad since, I believe, the game he played for was against Derby. Um, so I would be surprised to see him. But I'd see Hayden can play. Um, from what I can gather... He was supposed to be playing for us against Derby, but because Peter Sports had an FA Cup game on the Monday night, they decided that that was more worth his time than coming to play for us on the Tuesday night. So I wouldn't be too, too surprised if we see him this week. Uh, Ocean Gallagher more than likely start. Jordan Wright, T, uh, TJ Omer, you know, Ted Bishop maybe getting a start. Dylan Duffy maybe getting some minutes. It's just going to be trying to 
trying to rest as many of that starting 11 that we saw yesterday or, or the team that we expect to be our starting 11 at the minute, as many of them as possible need to get rested. And I think they will. Now, Wolves all under 21 have already won a game at this level, uh, at this competition. Mm-hmm. So they beat Notts County 2-1. For context, Notts County um, were certainly a lot weaker that night than they were against us in the League Cup. At half-time, they made four changes that day as well. So, it, you know, it, they treated it very much as a getting minutes into the legs. The Wolves under-21 side, two names that I wanted to pick out. The first one was Nathan Fraser. Uh, so Nathan scored four Wolves against Notts County. He got the winner actually in the 55th minute. But he has also played for the first team this season. So he's played in the League Cup Twice he came on against Blackpool and scored as they won 5-0. And he came on, I believe, uh, for half an hour when they lost 3-2 to Ipswich. And the other player that I wanted to pick up on was Bruno Jordão. So Bruno is Portuguese, 24, bear in mind. So he's playing for Wolves under-21s, or he certainly has done so far this season. Um, but he was at Braga and then Lazio. And Wolves signed him for £8 million in August 2019. Uh, he's had since had loan spells at Famalico, Grasshoppers, and Santa Clara, uh, and then appeared for them in this in the under twenty one competition. Um, you know, a little earlier in the season, but we have played Wolves under twenty ones before. Mm-hmm. Did he go to penalties? Mm, yes. When was it? About three, four seasons ago. I seem to think Matt Green played. I think I did the um, we did the the, the shirt off with um, uh, with Danny and, and Steve Nesbitt, and I seem to recall. I think we drew. Well, we did. Yeah, I've just called it up now. Two two. Benny Ashley Seal and Ryan oh. Giles scored for them, uh, and they won on penalties. And they had Niall Ennis playing for them that <laughs> night as well. Dominic Iwofa. I mean, they. You know, I Gosh. think it was a slightly di- Elliot Watt, who I, I quite liked, who I think is at mm-hmm. Salford now. So, yeah, Matt Green brace. The fact is, we've already lost a game in this competition, but if we beat Wolves under 21s, the fact that they've already beaten Notts County and the fact that Notts County then have to come to us actually puts us in a good position to qualify. Yeah. Do you give a shit if we qualify or not? Um, emotions and football, no. Obviously, it'll be nice finances for the club, but at the same time, it's just about getting through Tuesday night. That's literally the only thing I care about. If we can get through unscathed, I couldn't care less about the result. You going? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got a got a box for Tuesday night because they're, they're cheap. Really? Well, one all yep. to yourself. Yeah. Just I need, I need all the. I'm, I'm just get, I'm just getting all the food. Yeah. I'm just charling <laughs> in a box. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm not sure. I I don't go to the under twenty one games usually. Um, mm. Last year, I went to the home game against Doncaster. Me and Chris went. That was because I wanted to see Jacob Davenport play. Yeah. Oh, oh yawning. Knackered, Charlie. Um, I didn't realise that was that boring. No, you're not, mate. You're all right. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a bit run down at the minute. Um, so, no, I, I, think, uh, I think I'll watch it at home. Mm-hmm. I expect us to get a result from the game. I think there's a difference with with the greatest respect to Wolves. There's a difference to playing yeah. Man City under 21s and Chelsea under 21s as there is Wolves under 21s. Um, and I think it's a game that we, you know, if we were to win this and Derby are to beat Notts County whenever they play, we're in a great position to qualify, whether we care or not. But it's it's money for the club. Mark Kennedy yeah. always says he's going to put a team out to win the game. I I believe Shadipo will 
start or come on at half time, one of the two, because we'll want to get minutes into his legs as quickly as possible. And that's what these games are for me. They're about it's about balancing the squad and it's about making mm-hmm. the squad look better for when we uh, when we do play. I'm just looking down actually the team against we played against Wolves last time. Um, so Sam Slocum, who's likely to be in goal for Notts County when we play them, was in goal for he, us. He played against Wolves under 21s for Notts County. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, so we had Adam Crooks played. Mm-hmm. Do you know where Adam is now? I could not tell you. He's at York City. Tom okay. Pett, Ellis Chapman, Harry Anderson, Jason Shackle, Scott Wharton, Bernard Mensah. Bernard Mensah? <laughs> I do. You know where he is now? Go on, enlighten me. Gloucester City. <laughs> I know off the bench, we brought on Bruno Andrade, John Akindi, and Harry Toffolo. But the other two of the other subs, here's a couple of interesting ones. Jordan Adebayo Smith. Currently scoring over in the MLS Championship for New York Red Bulls 2, I believe. Duncan Idahan. Now, where's Duncan Idahan now, Charlie? Duncan Idahan. Now, he was a youth player for us. He never yeah. got a kick for us. He moved to Grimsby. <laughs> this is this is the guy who's got a great agent. So he's moved to Grimsby. He started five <laughs> league games for them. And then Bristol mm-hmm. City signed him in 20, January 2022. He came off the bench twice for them and had a loan spell at Carlisle uh, for six months of last year and hasn't played since the Football League trophy um, against Barrow. Although he did score in it for Carlisle last year as well. Duncan Iden. Is he still he's at Bristol of, City then? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. the, the thing is, he's like a Tim Akinola. That, do you mm. know what I mean? Comes through. Yeah. And this will be a long, long while, bef- uh, a long way before your time. But L- Luke Demesh was another. So Luke Demesh was a youth team player at City um, around the same time as uh, Matt Carbon, Ben Dixon, um, right. Darren Huckabee, etc. Never made it at Lincoln. Luke Demesh. I seem to think we released him. Um, Went on to play for uh, Shamrock Rovers. Then he joined Mansfield Town. He was at Chester City. He was at Macclesfield. Um, capped 78 times for Malta. Oh, wow. 78 times for Malta, <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy. Yeah, we've got a good academy, us. Sorry? I said we've got a good academy. Well, we have Robert Taylor, Robert Taylor, who's playing in the midfield with <laughs> Lionel Messi over in uh, the US. I, I, it, it fascinates me. It kind of, you know, these like stories that run underneath. Mm. Who's the boy at the minute who's managing Puerto Rico, who was in our, um, who was in our academy as well? Didn't you do an article? People, people listening at home can hear the, the click, click, clicking of the keyboard. <laughs> Um, it's Charlie something. I can't. I, I can picture him, but I can't remember his bloody name now. I did an article on him the other day. I've just searched um, up who's the Puerto Rico manager, and it's come up with the World Baseball. Lovely. Yeah, it might, <laughs> might not actually be uh, Puerto Rico. Then I could have sworn. Oh, Charlie Trout. There we go. Charlie Trout was a youth team player at Lincoln. <laughs> I, I love how I searched it up, and it just popped up with Charlie on my screen. Yeah. It didn't even I, I, tell me his last name. It just went, Charlie. <laughs> the thing is, all of these players, Luke Demesh, Charlie Trout, the ones that we're talking about now, come through, would likely have got a break in the uh, EFL trophy. 
that's what you've got to look forward mm. to this week. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been Charlie and Gary, Gary and Charlie, whichever way you want to put it. It's not been a great weekend, really. We've put a really good display yeah. on for 45 minutes, but football's a 90-minute game. A um, little bit disappointing. But there's still plenty to be positive about. Mr. Lamming said in our group chat earlier, he still thinks that we're okay. We're in good shape for the future. We've lost five in six if the Leighton Orient result stands. But a couple of those have been in the cup, one of them against West Ham, the other against our kids against Derby's full first team. We don't know if the Leighton Orient result will stand or not. We're not really going to go into that too much. Let me put it like this. The Wolves game might not matter. I'm damn sure the Burton Albion won it from next week, where we definitely, definitely won't score six goals. Um, no. It's going to be a, a huge game. And Charlie, thank you. will concede seven. Yes. Charlie, thank you for your input today. It's been appreciated as ever. Oh, thank you for having me. No worries. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all that remains to be said is up the imps. Up the imps. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.